Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. A few days later, as I had white socks on my mind the last couple days, and that didn't work out so great. But uh, we're back with Jay Lehman to talk some Illini football. We'll recap some of the Wisconsin game, which wasn't much to recap in that one, as Wisconsin just dominated. Had the ball for almost three quarters of the game. Illinois not able to top 100 yards of total offense. Uh, but we'll also talk a little bit about kind of the midseason point. I kind of did my position-by-position uh, position grades at the midseason report card. Uh, we'll get Jay Layman's insight on that as well. Well, Jay, I, I don't know. Like, I, We're not going to do, and, and this is on me, we're not going to do a lot of film breakdown this week because I just, I kind of just threw the film out. I, I kind of looked at the offense People stuff. watch. Yeah. So if you're a player, you're a coach, how much are you looking at the film of that Wisconsin game? So a couple things. You know, there was one time we got beat so bad under Ron Turner. I think it was 2003. We came in on Sunday, and he's like, we're not even going to look at the film. Just go home. And it was always the best thing you could probably do because it was just like you read about in the media, you hear us talk about it, you hear classmates who are in a class heckle you. It's it it's tough. Okay. Um, if I could compare this game to any game that I've been, there's probably two. Um, you know, obviously there's the Penn State game, which we obviously I would say as bad. You know, as bad as we were on offense against Wisconsin, this game, we were equally bad on on defense in that game. I, I don't think they ran the ball. Mid, I, I don't think they threw the ball after midway through second quarter. We lost 63 to 10, but our offense actually moved the ball some. I think we scored like the first three points of that game. But as far as the time of possession, <clears throat> I've never seen this stat line actually beaten. I'm sure it's been beaten, but I've not seen it. We went to Ohio State in 2005. And I'll never forget they had the they had the ball for 52 minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. I don't know wow. if that'll ever be beat. We were trying to run some hurry up with Brasic and um, you know Tressel, who's the coach at that point. For us, was a big time possession guy, but that's taking it to another level right wow. there. We ended up losing that game up 40 uh, to two. Uh, hints because we, we blocked an a extra point and, and ran Kevin Mitchell ran back for two points. We 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 stopped the shutout there. So. Um, I've been through some bad games. I'm just, I don't want to take people down the memory lane. So I've been there. I've been on bad teams. It's not fun. Um, I think that the the difference with this is, you know, Penn State, I think the year we lost to was an Orange Bowl team. I think it was a Fiesta Bowl team for Ohio State. I mean, they were really stacked. Wisconsin's not that team this year. Um, they do have some good losses. And they are a West Division opponent. And uh, I think it's going to be hard for Brett Bieleman. I left that job to come here. And um, I think Wisconsin, just a picture of the consistency, which yeah. you can build. And we're a picture of just inconsistency. Uh, but I think the original question was, where do you go from here? How do you even look at the film? And I think you'll look at it. Um, Brett said, hey, the worst thing we can do is say it didn't happen. It did happen. That's, that's who we are. We put it on tape. We're going to learn from it. And then, um, you know, he said Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're practicing. And sometimes it's not very good to have a bad game before the bye week because it turns into like a mini camp. And uh, so I don't know what they're doing, but when you got physical like that, it's usually coaches that want to get more physical in practice. So I'm assuming that's it, or the young guys are getting some reps and some other guys are getting healthy. Yeah. All right, Jay, uh, offensively, 93 total yards. They got across the 50 once. I think we both knew there's a bad matchup. I mean, Wisconsin's front is really, really good, uh, and, and their back end is pretty good as well. 
But they, they came in thinking they got to throw the ball. They tried too early. And and I'll give Brandon Peters, they couldn't protect him. Like they, he, he was running for his life. I think we both know, like, the offensive line, not against Wisconsin, but they were able to move the ball through the run game. It seemed like they're okay as run blockers, but why have they struggled so much uh, pass blocking throughout the season, no matter who they play? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. Um, I do know you need to pass it, uh, but I still think our best players are our running backs. I think you need to get the ball to our, our best players, whether that's throwing or, or running and um, I think Chase Brown had like two carries midway through the second quarter, you know? Uh, and I think if Tony Peterson knew how the game was going to play out, he'd probably do it a little bit differently than open it up with passing, right? Because we don't have a guy <laughs> right now. We can't protect a guy or have a guy that can be accurate enough to throw the football. So I didn't quite agree with how it started out. It kind of made me feel like we were afraid to run the football. Right. And um, I just don't think you can be afraid to – to do what you do best based on, I know Wisconsin gave up three rushing yards against Notre Dame or something. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do. And I think also just from a mentality standpoint, from offensive, you talk to most offensive linemen, they like to start the game running the ball. They get to attack and hit. And I mean, pass coverage is a, is a brutal thing. You know, the only thing that I've ever done that's remotely close to pass coverage is blocking for a punt. And you're, you're basically retreating and trying to stop a full-grown man from getting to a certain point, the quarterback or the block point on a punt. And guys don't like to start the game like that. It kind of puts you on the defensive rather than on the offensive. And, um, yeah, so I didn't like how it started. I, why have the offensive line struggled so much? Um, so I'm going to give Rod Smith some credit. I think based on formation and based on tempo – we were able to run block a little bit better uh, at times under Rod because he kind of spread out what we, we, we've been doing a lot of two, three tight ends that are Tony Peterson, which is fine when you can overpower people, which they did sometimes against Purdue, which they did sometimes even against Maryland, which they obviously did against Nebraska at times. But when you can't outpower somebody, the one big run we had, I think was out of the shotgun and spread. I think you needed to spread them out because you've got man coverage with Wisconsin on the outside and they're going to stack the box and try to confuse you. Let's try to use spacing to our advantage, especially with a guy like Chase Brown. Um, and I, I just didn't think there was enough um, spacing in our formations. Like you can run the ball and not put three tight ends in. And so I wanted to see that. Again, I'm, I'm getting off topic. Why have we struggled pass blocking? It's a really good question. Um, I think Vidarian Lowe works harder than most offensive linemen. And I think he's relatively solid. Yeah, uh, I really do. I think Julian Pearl is strong in the run game. I think he's got a ways to go. And that's not uncommon to see a guy pick up the run game first and pass games a little bit more of a struggle. Um, but I, I so so I think, but, but a line, all linemen can look bad if one or two linemen are bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I still don't know if Pelcheski's healthy. Like, I just don't think he can bend the way that he usually I've seen him bend. And if, if you're, we always talk about pad level, but what happens when you're high as a tackle is you get a defensive end that can get leverage on you underneath. And and it just, it's hard to sink your bottom and actually anchor uh, in the ground. They would call it anchor and really create that pocket. And so what we're seeing is 
uh, a, a lot of issues. And, and you know, Kramer's been banged up too. It missed, a, missed yeah. a game and a half. So I don't think it's all these guys are bad players. I think they're they're banged up. We've had a rotating basically a rotation of two or three guys at the left guard. I mean, really haven't had any solid, solid. And I don't think our backs are great at protection. McCray can't play during two minute because he doesn't know protections. He's missed some protections. Reggie Love has had some ball security issues and is, is the clear number three right now. I think Chase Brown's decent, but he's certainly in there more because of his skill set and not because of his blocking. Okay. We also want to, you know, do we, do we leave our best receivers in, in tight end, uh, Daniel Barker and, and Luke Ford, you could argue are our best offensive weapons. Do you leave them in the, to help block? Right. And now I've, now I've got Isaiah Williams and Pat Bryan out there trying to catch something. So there, there's a bind there. I'm just trying to break down. It's not as simple as me saying, well, they're soft. And because I don't think they are right. like there, there's injuries, there's playing together. There's the backs. There's the tight ends. There's a quarterback who uh, I think is lacking confidence. And, and honestly, uh, like I said the other day, instead of the you know one Mississippi count, two, it's the one apple, two apple, three apple. Like it's a quicker count in his head. Routes aren't developing. He's throwing too quick. He's you know peeling out to his to his left. You know, um, again, that is a long-winded answer, but it's a complicated question, right? I agree. And so that's that's why I'm trying to break it down on all these different facets of. Why is the protection bad? Well, that's why the protection's bad. <laughs> well, and I, I didn't even talk about the defense there, right? I right. mean, not to mention what the defense did, and they do some unique things. Yeah, and uh, Tony Peterson was asked yesterday, uh, recording this on Wednesday, what's wrong with the passing game? And at one point of his answer, he said, it's not just one thing, it's kind of a little bit of everything, which, which is the right way to say it. Um, now, it's his job to kind of to figure out how to do this. Right. Jay, Jay I, I could tell like you didn't agree with with the game plan to go out there and throw uh, right away a little bit. Right. Tony Peterson obviously is in a bind, as you just said, uh, about what Total he can, what he can do with his personnel. Right. Seven games in, like, what do you make of what they're trying to do offensively, both now and in the long term? of how they can make this work because we're seeing the right. defense improve a little bit, right? Like we're, we're right. seeing how this can work with Ryan Walters. I think a lot of fans out there are like, is this the right way to go with, with Illinois and, and its offense? Uh, what do you think? So one, that's a great question. I think we have to take, let, let, let's zoom out. Let's take a macro look yeah. at college football, right? Because if, if we're in the big 12, I would say absolutely not. We've got to be scoring 40 points a game, right? Um, if we're in the SEC, aside from, you know, Georgia and Alabama, which do have a, you know, a decent run game and whatnot, and there's some other teams, you know, Arkansas and whatnot, um, they're going to, they're going to play a little bit more open style of football as well than, than where we're at, which is the big 10 West. And if we look at the big 10 West and, and who's had success and who we want to emulate, I mean, the last th five divisions, I, titles have been won by Wisconsin and uh, Northwestern. And I would argue that they didn't have great quarterbacks. They had, you know, game managers. Thorson had his times. He was decent for Northwestern. Um, but they had really solid defenses. They had top 10 defenses. And they were able to run the ball at, at, at least enough to keep people honest, much like Iowa is right now. They're not great at running the football, but they get enough turnovers and have enough of a pass attack. That is the – and when Minnesota won 10 games, that's really what they did. They wanted to run the football. 
So that is the model in the Big Ten. We actually hear Brett talk about this all the time. If you listen, you got to play six teams every year, no matter what, the way it's broken down, right? We got to play everybody in the Big Ten West. As far as the non-con and who our crossovers are, we don't really control that. So if I got to play six teams every year, I got to I got to prepare and recruit against those six teams, right? And so I think the system is the right system for us right now. We we've tried spread uh look has spread really worked in the Big 10 conference. I would argue no. It hasn't. I mean Purdue when it came out with a Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees, yes. Does Ryan Day run some semblance of a Chip Kelly offense. Yes, but it's very heavy on the run, and they've had first-round quarterbacks and first-round receivers, okay? Right. Like, it's just not sustainable with the weather, the way the Big Ten is, the physicality, the nature of it. So we know we need to run the football, okay? Again, these are long-winded answers because they're complex questions, right? It's like, what do I do about climate change? Well, what do I do about <laughs> COVID? Like, it's not like an easy answer, right? right. Like, so – this is not like I make a Facebook post and say, let's do this. So the qu- the answer is yes. Um, uh, I think it's the right fit. We look at the defensive side of the football to only be down 10. It felt like we were down 35, yeah. right? And, and, and you can say that's because the, the energy or whatever, I thought the crowd was good. Uh, and even Brett mentioned that, but um, what, what it is is it just we felt it's, it's we felt so dominated right even though we were stopping them and we did we had some red zone turnovers which which Brian Walters has done great getting red zone turnovers Kirby Joseph got that one that wasn't in the red zone but was in a shot down by the goal line um and and they did uh, you know other than and they won the turnover battle which they've done a couple times um you know so defensively you would say they kept this in the game I think. We've done that. And if you do play complimentary football, let's take 15 minutes away of time of possession from Wisconsin. It's actually a close, you know, close game. I mean, even if you score a touchdown, one touchdown, it's still a game being in the fourth quarter. Like it's, it's still there. And um, so I do think it's the right thing. I'm not sure we have the dominant forces uh, depth wise up front offense or defense. Like I think Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton, are going to be good, but man, you can't run counters at them 15 times a game and have them on the field 50, uh, 45 minutes, you know, like I, I don't blame them. It's just like, you're going to get beat up yep. against Wisconsin. And that's what, uh, what happens. So I think it's the right system that not might, might not, not, might not be a popular thing. Right. But if you look at Wisconsin's offense, when Barry Alvarez got there, he was trying to run power and lead and they were garbage for two or three years. And then all of a sudden, they started dominant, get that run in 1993 uh, with, with Brent Moss and, you know, the, their big O line. And now it's kind of their yep. identity. Right. And that's what wins in the Big Ten West. So I'm really long winded today. Maybe <laughs> no, I like it. Long winded, but there's it's a bigger thing. And, and, and again, Brett said this, your team has to look for sustainers like the area you live in. Right. We can go. We can go recruit people from everywhere. And Zook did it. We had some success, but do we have sustained success? To have sustained success, we got to look like there. We have those guys in the area in the Midwest, and that's why the players look like that. 
Great answer, Jay. I know it's a long way, <laughs> but no, it's a great answer. And, and I, I know I get a lot of questions about Tony Peterson, like, because the offense has been bad this year, right? Mm. Like, would they make a change? And I'm like, I, I don't think you make a change a year in because this is what they want to run. And it's going to take time to kind of build that up. I, I do want to ask you uh, about the quarterback because we did see Arthur Sikowski, due to injury, go in the game, and he was woefully inaccurate. Right, like 0 for 12 to start that game, and he just had he had throws available and he missed them. He sailed a lot of those throws. Uh, if you want to answer why, Jay, you can in a second. But the one thing I did like about Art is there was a pocket presence to him, and there was a juice to him where I thought he made some good reads. He stepped up in pressure, didn't run from it, um, took some hits, but delivered the ball. There were certain signs I liked about Art, even though the performance 8 for 27 was bad, right? So what did you think about Art when he came in? Well, if I could describe it like this, if I was going in for brain surgery or heart surgery, I want Brandon Peters doing it because I feel like he's more thoughtful. He's not just going to throw the ball in there. Um, he might never throw it, right? He might. It might be a delayed surgery. It might be that, right? I'd take Brandon Peters. If I was going to war, I'd take Art Sikowski. Now, that's a great not, way. That's a, that's a perfect way of putting this, Jeff. Right, right. I mean, I mean, both of them are different. Neither of them were, were great in the game. But if I'm going to war, I'm taking Art Sikowski. At least he's taking shots, right? He's firing. I don't know where they're going. I have no idea if they're actually going to hit, if there's going to be some friendly fire in there. I don't know if he's shooting just above the heads of all the, the enemy line. But I know this. The guy's going to go out there. He's not going to, he's not going to play timid, and he's going to take shots. And he's going to keep taking shots. He might shoot it over the head. He might roll out and throw the ball out of bounds. He might do a lot of that stuff, but you think you look over the guy next to you and you're like, this guy might not be great, but at least he's taking a shot, right? Like at least he, so that's what I feel like. If I want surgery, Brandon Peters is my guy. If I want to go to war, Art Sikowski is my guy. So there's a difference there, right? And so neither one was great, but that's how I would describe their play. Yeah. And I heard, I heard the teammates, I asked Isaiah Williams and Chase Brown, like what Art brings. And they talked about energy and, and some juice, Jay, and, is now the time you got a bye week here. Brett Bielma is not answering the quarterback question um, right now, at least who's going to start, but he sounds like they're open to it. And he told us after the game that art had been getting more and more reps. So it is now the time. I don't even know if it makes a difference. Jay, as you said, they're probably going to turn it over more yeah. with art in the game, but with multiple years of eligibility left is now the time to turn the page to, to Arthur Sikowski. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, First of all, when you're at the game, and I was at the game this week, it's different than watching the game on TV because you don't get as much information when you're just in the stands, right? And I, I didn't know that Brandon got hurt. I know he did. Like He was not medically cleared to return, I think, in the second quarter. And I think that's when they made the switch to Sikowski. But because I didn't know that, I thought, oh, they, they made the switch. Like, they they literally made a switch. Like, I don't know on the TV if they said that or not, but, like, like medically or whatnot, but – I was like, okay, I, I, I think they made the switch because Peters was just not getting anything done at that time. And, and not, not just to his own fault. Like, let, let's, be, let's be real here. And so Sikowski, if he, if he would have completed half of his passes, I think it's his job. it would have been his job. No, yeah. no problem. The fact that he missed his first 10 or so, and some of them were, were really bad misses. Now, some of them – his receivers could help him out, help him out. Pat Bryant could have caught one of them. So somebody could have dragged his foot, you know, like, but I think at this point in the bye week, this would be the time to make a shift. 
because you got more reps, you got more time, you got a different you got a game plan. At the same time, too, you're going against a very good Penn State defense the next week. So not that you want to put a sacrificial lamb out there at all, right? You don't want any of that. But, like, you don't want to hurt Brandon Peters again if he's anywhere close to being begged up. You don't want to put Sikowski in harm's way. But you got to have somebody out there. So it, it, it's hard. It doesn't seem like anybody else is in the running. No. Like, I haven't heard Matt Robinson's name. I know there's another guy. Ryan uh, Johnson, the D2 walk-on, yeah. Right. So, I mean, at this point, I would say you have five games left. You know Peters only has five games left outside of a bowl game. I think you got to go with somebody you could maybe build on going going forward if they're if they're equal right now. Yeah. I haven't seen all of practice, right? Right. But this team needs energy more than anything, especially also for the run game. It might affect the run game. It might help them in the run game having Sikowski in there. I'll give Sikowski this, Jay. The best pass play was pass interference. He draws pass interferences because he throws the ball down the field. He's not afraid of it. Well, um, you know, and that's that, that's a great point, you know. And I've talked to opposing coaches in the Big Ten where they say, we, we are going to talk to the refs about the way Wisconsin plays defense because uh, they're going to play man, very aggressive man coverage, very what I call handsy, in your face. And they're okay with getting cold with two or three, four holdings, or pass interferences because they're going to do it. And so they did that. I mean, that over 100 penalty yards, and that was their best offense was them. But, you know, they're going to do that. And if you throw it into there, into that area, you can get it. If you don't throw it, you don't get anything, right? Because you don't throw it, there's no pass interference. So something to think about for sure. All right, Jay, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the defense. They did keep Illinois in the game. As you said, I mean, the last, I think it's three games now, Illinois has an eight to, or four games, eight to two turnover margin. So they're, they're playing well with that, right? Like they're not. I mean, that, usually you would you would think that they'd have an undefeated streak with that, with 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 a number like that. So that's right, like, that's Iowa-esque. That's basically, you know, quadrupling your turnover ratio. Turnover ratio. So it was ten to nothing at halftime, and, and if if you follow that Chase Brown one run that went well with something else, like maybe you uh, could have had something going, had a chance in this one. But they did get run over, right? Like Wisconsin's offensive line, which hadn't looked great most of the year against good teams, uh, just ran over Illinois. Uh, so just defensive performance. It, it feels like, hey, Ryan Walters done a pretty good job. They they kept him in the game, but ultimately they couldn't get off the field. Yeah. So. One, I think it, it hurts to lose Hanson again. I feel really bad for Jake because I feel like the last three years he's lost he's lost significant time um, with injuries. Uh, he just can't seem to stay healthy. Um, there are moments when Tariq Barnes at linebacker really shows flashes. Uh, really shows flashes. His ability to attack the line of scrimmage and either make the play in the backfield or make the back cut. He didn't finish all his plays. Uh, Kalon Tolson was really playing out of position. He played actually outside linebacker to let, I think, McCarron play in for Hanson. And I think they're banged out with, with Coleman, obviously, was out for the game. Zeke Holmes got some more reps. So I, I don't think our outside backers played great last week in taking on blocks. Um, and some of that's Tolson. That's a new position for him. I don't expect him to play. I mean, he was basically just the best man up, right? And uh, I, I thought there was times when Randolph and Roderick Perry and Newton play well, but I just think they got wore down. Yeah. I honestly did. Like, I, I I don't think you would grade them horrible. Uh, I think Witherspoon, more than anything, brings a different energy and physicality to run support. And when he brings that, he, he's, he's unique among the defensive backs. 
as far as as far as the cornerbacks. Agreed. And and um, the way he plays, uh, he plays a lot like a, a true like nickelback, which is like you know a linebacker slash corner, but he has the speed and length of what you really want in a corner. Um, so I still think he's a future NFLer. Kirby Joseph continued to impress, right? I mean, some of his center field plays. Now he gets run over by some of these big guys that you know have a full head of steam, but I don't think there's any shame in that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like you got him down. Like people want to laugh at that. Like, I, dude, you try to tackle a dude that's running full speed at you. That's like 225. I thought he put his head in there. Like, I, like he certainly wasn't diving at legs. And so I was proud of the way Kirby played. I didn't see Sidney flash near as much as he had flashed the last two weeks. I think he took, took a little bit of a step back. And and Tony's been Tony. Tony's he's been inconsistent in his career. He's got times he's great and sometimes he's, he's okay. Yeah, I thought uh, in Kirby Joseph's interception, I mean, that's what you want, right? Like, that, it's been a while. Jay Price's Bennett Williams. I've seen a, a free safety kind of make that turn his hips, run, go track the ball, and high, high point it. Like, right. uh, that that development of, of him is a really good sign for, for Ryan Walters right. individually and, and as his staff. Like, I feel like the development on that side of the ball, I mean, you mentioned, I think Sidney Brown's had probably his best season. For sure. Um, and those defensive guys up front, I mean, Keith Randolph, I, I think looks great potential, all big 10 guy down the line. So I, I just feel like on that side of the ball, you're, you're seeing some real building blocks there. And, and yeah, I, I agree with Devin Witherspoon. I, I thought he had a great game. One thing I just, I, I, if you look at them, like I'm always looking, we talk macro technique, like, are they staying square longer? Like, I mean, how much is the defender staying square on something, not getting turned, not turning back? And we just stay square a lot better up front than we have in the past. Uh, we use our hands better. Well, there's times where we get beat, for sure. Um, Spoon and his technique, as far as his backpedal, it's solid. Kirby, as far as what he's reading, what where his eyes are at, uh, looks better. I, I just feel like they are better coached on that side. I don't know if they have, you know, they, they might, I think they probably have one more coach than what Lovey Smith had maybe on that side because they've got a couple defensive corners. I've been, and, I know the DBs have had their moments, but I think Aaron Henry, who's the DB coach, has has developed. I've seen guys get better throughout the year, and I think we've had years where we haven't seen guys get get better, yeah. right? And I think that's the the mark of a good coach is, hey, what's so weird about football is, you know, if I want to get better at three pointers, I, I can go shoot three pointers, you know, in basketball. If I want to get better at hitting, and I get a guy to get me in the batting cage or whatever, but to to really get better at football other than lifting weights, running your, your, your basically macro skills, you got to play live football games. It's because it's, because it's, it's such a different thing. And you got a live tackle, especially defensively. Right. And so if you're not taking advantage of the season to get better, then the program's not going to get better. Right. And so it's not just like, okay, December, let's hope we're better in August. Like we got to get better. Like, September through November. And I think that's what I've seen in other teams that I haven't seen in Illinois. And it's not just, we have a more, it, it is, the schedule seems to get stacked against opponents that can outmuscle us. It's, I don't think we've gotten better uh, from a personnel standpoint as the season progresses. And so I guess I'm encouraged defensively that I do feel like we're getting better. And that's a sign to me. The coaches are encouraging them. They're not giving up. And, and we have guys that, that have uh, a ceiling that they haven't met yet. 
Jay, it's hard to go into a, an off week after losing to Wisconsin like you did, and then you have Penn State on the other end of it, right? <laughs> um, now you do have, and then Iowa in a, in, in a month, uh, and they look like national playoff contenders, right? So you do have Rutgers. You do have Minnesota that's losing most of its key players so far this season. You do have Northwestern at the end of the season, though, throughout the records. And that one, because Pat Fitzgerald's team always comes up to play for that one. What do you want to see? As an alum, um, what do you want to see out of this team over the last five games now that the postseason right, is, is a pipe dream probably? Right, right. Uh, for me, I really just want to see improvement. Like I think it's really critical – you take advantage of these two bye weeks. You have five games, and and you improve it. And what does improvement look like? Yeah, it it, it probably looks like one or two, maybe three more wins. Hopefully, right? We we hope that. But I think improvement looks like doing what I want to do on the football field, right? Like we couldn't do what we wanted to do on the football field the other day, right? We couldn't do anything offensively. Can we at least start to do the basics? When I start to see a football team be able to run the ball consistently and stop the three basic runs, the three, the, the three or four basic runs in all of football are lead power counter zone, right? I mean, there's not a ton of other runs out there. And so you start to consistently stop those and consistently run the football. Great. Now to take the next step, we've run the football for the most part pretty well this year, uh, other than last week. Can we now convert short passes? Can we convert third downs? Can we stop people on third downs uh, defensively? I think that's really the next step, right? Can we convert and can we stop people on third down? We've had our issues, right? I think third and four plus we're probably atrocious because it's just, it's tough because you can't throw the football or protect. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And if you noticed, Tony Peterson tried this early. He tried quick game early. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. You know, either drops or not accurate. So, okay, let's go back to some longer developing plays. Why don't we can't protect? It's just a, it's guys. I just tell you this to all the fans that want to say, Oh, do we make a switch at coordinator? First off, no. Uh, second off continuity has no. been key to Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa success. Okay. At the coordinator position. This is like his fifth, his fifth coordinator for Brandon Peters. I think fourth or fifth. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, or thirdly, whatever I'm on, <laughs> is did Tony Peterson in seven games become a bad coach? No. I mean, he had great offenses at Minnesota, which I played against, uh, which is, I would say Minnesota is, they've been better recently in Illinois, but historically, just like Illinois. I mean, they have, you know, ups and downs, football. So he's done that. You know, I've had decent stuff at App State. He's been a lot of different places. But I just think we need to stay the course with our coaching staff right now. I was happy with the staff that Brett accumulated uh, or acquired rather uh, in, in comparison to what Lovey Smith did. I, I and, and Lovey Smith had to, he had to build a staff in April uh, when he came in. I, I thought it was a good, a, real, a lot of good hires. All right, Jay, uh, in lieu of a, a VIP film breakdown, since uh, I just didn't have a lot of film to break down in that one, uh, we'll get back to that as we go forward in the season. Uh, let's do report card, Jay Layman's report card on these position groups. We'll do that next on the line. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inquire podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Jay, let's start. Most important position. I don't think it'll be a very great grade, but let's start Jay Layman's midseason report card with the quarterbacks. And we're, we're not going to get personal here. We're not going to get after people, but um, we, we just want an honest evaluation. Quarterbacks, how would you grade it, Jay? Yeah, I mean, we're starting with the worst first, I think, um, to be honest. And, you know, whether it's uh, been Brandon or whether it's been Art, it hasn't been great, but, but I'm going to say this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a D I'm not going to give him an F and, and here's why. Um, Sinkowski played really admirably, uh, you know, in that Nebraska game. Yeah. And he certainly played solid in UTSA. Um, he played a great, great backup, backup stuff. Uh, Peters has, has just really struggled. I think we've, you know, um, arts probably graded out higher in my mind than Peters has. Um, and I think if you average their grades out, it's probably probably a D. So, so Jay, obviously the the most important thing of this offseason will be adding quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> they they need to to revamp that position. My my concern would be this: you can obviously sell playing time. You can you can sell a starting job to to a very talented one. How do they sell that? Right? How do they sell that over another Power Five team? Given the questions on the offensive line and the questions at wide receiver, that would be my one concern going into the offseason. So, so it's a, it's a great point. Right. And uh, one, I think a transfer portal is, is not a long-term fix. Obviously got another, we, we need to raise up a quarterback, yeah. right. Um, we haven't risen to one up since Nathan Shieldhouse, to be honest, uh, that that's been good here as far as recruiting one in our farm system. It's not a flashy offense that I want to go throw the football at. Right. But if I'm a transfer portal guy, um, there's so many of them. There's got to be somebody out there that's like, you know, this is a good fit for me. And um, they have enough, these coaches have enough connections too. For instance, I think the reason Sitkowski got here was that Andy Boo had ties to Rutgers, right? And so there's going to be a guy or two they're going to really focus in to try to get him here. And I think it's, they're going to know by looking at the film, this guy's better than our guy. Yeah. And they're going to try. And it's going to be critical they get that guy. Um, and that happens fast. I remember Pat Fitzgerald saying, if we can get a quarterback, you know, in 2019, he said, we're going to be back quickly. And they got Peyton Ramsey and they're back in 2020. So um, it's going to be difficult though, because we do got to figure out the old line and receiver question. How am I going to be protected and who am I going to throw to? And you could sell the tight end to Luke Ford and, and Isaiah Williams, but you know, Isaiah Williams, I think is going to get better, but he's, he's got a long way to go to be an elite receiver yet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do think the good thing is there's only so many Power 5 starting jobs, right? So you, you can sell one of those. All right, All right uh, let's move to running back, Jay. Uh, a, a position we thought would be pretty good. Maybe the guys yeah. who are playing are a little bit different than we thought due to injury yeah. and performance. Uh, yeah. But I, I think they've lived up to the optimistic expectations. So what would you grade them? 
I got to give them an A. I mean, there have been our best football players. I mean, Chase Brown obviously hasn't got the reps that we'd like to see him see because he hasn't been healthy. Um, and that's unfortunate. I think he'd be a leading rusher in the Big Ten if he if had been healthy. I mean, I think that's just the bottom line. If you took all the carries that McCray got and gave it to him, I mean, you would see Chase Brown up there, right? Um, Chase Brown is the most dynamic playmaker we have yeah. in space. He's got to get better at some stuff, vision, but I give him an A. And for Josh McCray to be a freshman, and we, we've documented this, I know he's been, you know, more quiet, especially last game and, you know, the game before. But at the same time, I still, I still feel like he's a real weapon moving forward mm-hmm. and, 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 and kind of embodies the identity of the offense that they want, right? And the athlete type that they want. And so I give those guys an A. I think Reggie Love at times has played good. Um, you know, I don't. I certainly don't think he is. You know, a step back. I feel bad for Epstein. Yep. Uh, it, you know, uh, it's been well documented the injuries, but I think you have to give them credit. I think I'm not sure I would trade our running backs uh, right now for a ton of other running backs other than maybe Kenneth Walker uh, at Michigan State. Uh, Travion Henderson's been good, but. Again, they still got to play behind our O-line. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I put Chase Brown behind one of those O-lines, I, I'm not sure Chase Brown wouldn't have more yards than Kenneth Walker. Um, so just something to think about. I think they get an A. All right, wide receivers, uh, position that two former quarterbacks are making the biggest impact. Probably not a great right. thing for that right. group. And, right. uh, you know, not to see Brian Hightower and Jafar Armstrong make an impact has been interesting, but how would you grade them, Jay? Uh, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a C-. minus. I think they haven't been – they haven't been great. Um, hasn't been a lot of continuity there. There's been some flashes. So, like, I've seen Pat Bryant in the Purdue game make some plays. I've seen Deuce Span obviously, make some plays. I've seen Isaiah Williams at times be good. I've also seen – it's hard to, to tell how much is the quarterback and how much is the receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Casey Washington really struggled the first two or three games, and he's done better the last two or three games. Great. So I've seen improvement out of Casey Washington – especially on those boundary catches. He seems to be able to be the one guy that's big enough in traffic to really fight for the ball at the receiver position. Um, and so I feel like there's been in, improvement at the at the same time. I, I don't feel like we have a guy that just goes out there and if it's in his catch radius, he catches it, right? They don't help the quarterbacks a ton. There's no baby out there, right? No, there's no baby out there that he can throw it up to. So quarterbacks haven't been great. I think Isaiah Williams has all the tools to be good, but he's making that transition. I think next year you'll probably see, again, we don't know who the transporter is. We don't know who's going to who's gonna do it. Um, probably here see, uh, you know, Isaiah and Span out there a lot, do Span. But I- I'm still waiting for Donnie to, to take off. I still think that Donnie Navarro, uh, I like him. He just feels underutilized sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they don't target him enough. Uh, he has trouble getting yards after the catch. A lot of times he falls down when he catches, and that's usually a lack of confidence in your hands, but he has some of the better hands out there. So it just hasn't been great, yeah. and that, that's unfortunate. All right, tight ends, Jay. We had high expectations or hopes, sure. I guess, uh, for Luke Ford and Daniel Barker. Barker does lead the team with three touchdown receptions. Luke Ford has gotten a little bit more involved. It's just kind of tiny checkdowns here recently. Uh, but I, I do think Ford and Ryman have blocked uh, really well in, in the run game at, at times. So how would you grade the tight ends? Uh, I'm going to give the tight ends a B. I, I, I think they're still some of our best players up front. Um, 
we haven't used them in certain games. Some of that's because they had to block for protection. Other times they just, you know, a tight end route other than some of the quick stuff. Remember, he has to come off the line and he has to get through traffic. So sometimes they're longer developing routes to get the ball to the tight end. And if you're getting him out, he's not protecting. So it's been hard to get the ball to the tight end. Okay, so there's there's issues with that. I think they blocked decently. I think Daniel Barker, I mean, let, let's just say what Daniel Barker is. Daniel Barker is the all-time touchdown receiving t- tight end leader. That's remarkable. Hands off to Daniel Barker. In an era, we didn't have a lot of off- great offenses, right? If only and they could so- get in the red zone a little more, Jay, to use them a little more. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I, give, I give them a B. You know, I, I certainly think there's there's still a strength of ours. Um, there's a lot of reasons they're not utilized great. But I think for what they've done, I, I'll give them a, a B. Offensive line, Jay, it's kind of a, a tale of two things. It feels like run blocking, right. feel pretty good. Um, and pass blocking, not so much. So why would you agree? Yeah, we, we got to give them a B for pass blocking and a D. I mean, a B for run blocking and a D for pass blocking. Um, they certainly have their moments, right, where they sit, they tend to dominate the line of scrimmage up front. Didn't do that last week. Had trouble picking up some protections. Um, they're also dealing with two different cadences from quarterbacks, Okay. They're also dealing with two different quarterbacks checking protections. Like it's 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 not just like, oh, the only guy that changes is you know Sikowski. It's it changes every position. And so, with all of that being said, uh, within there, there's there's obviously people that have graded out better. You know, I think Vidarian Lowe has yeah. probably been the most consistent offensive lineman. I think he puts a lot of work in. I rarely see Vidarian get fooled. Every now and then he gets he gets high. Right, but. He's a tall guy. Jay, is is he is he the most draftable guy next year? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so. And I think he's got the tools and, you know, yes, to go against a lot of uh, – there's a lot of good edge rushers in this conference, you know. Um, so he'll go against some at Penn State. He, he'll go against some against uh, Wisconsin and, and, and whatnot. So I think he's going to have some good tape. Uh, I think he's just a mature dude. Obviously, he's documented. He's got a family. Um I thought Palchewski, you know, probably as a junior before he got hurt was one guy they thought maybe could do that just with his attitude, the way he's played. He's got to get 100% healthy. Um, Julian Pearl's coming along in the run game, like we said. I think he's still got a ways to go to the basket, but he's young. I think he might still be a freshman, eligibility-wise, or maybe. Richard sophomore. sophomore, yeah. Richard sophomore. He's one of those guys that definitely got more butt than gut, right? And that's how you want him. Like, he's got just this huge butt behind him, and then, like, no gut, which is great. I mean, that means he can get really big. Uh, we got to figure out the left guard position, which has been a strength of ours at, at Illinois for years. And, and Kramer is is solid. I, I certainly don't think he'd say since he came back from his injury, he's played his best football. Uh, and he would tell you that. So that's kind of as we round out the offensive line, what, what my what my synopsis is. Yeah, I, I think Kramer had a great first part of the season and then coming back from injury just hasn't been quite the same all right let's move to the defensive front jane i'm going to combine defensive line and outside linebacker since the outside linebackers are basically uh stand-up edge rushers on the line of scrimmage uh i think it's probably been the most encouraging group um throughout most I of you've been the most improved group yeah um they're definitely most improved i can't say they're a plus across the board they're the same defensive line as wisconsin or right. michigan or alabama but for what we've had here from a defensive line, I, I would give them a B minus or a B. Like I really would. I just 
uh, I think Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton are two young guys you can really build around. And Brett said that. Uh, I think Owen Carney, the last three games, not so much Wisconsin, but prior to that, had really come on. You know, had two sacks in a row. Charlotte played well. Uh, him and Isaiah Gay played well against Purdue. I think Seth Coleman's going to be good. He's not healthy right now. I think Zeke Holmes could be good. Um, we do got to get more depth yeah. on the defensive line. Uh, I think there is there, there seems to be quite a drop off when those guys, especially those middle three, get out. Rod's not in there, or Keith or uh, Johnny. Um, it, it seems to be a drop off. Uh, we can say that we have depth, but I just I'm not sure we get the same production or push. Uh, but I, what I, what I really like is uh, just the improvement of those guys in technique. And I think whenever you see an interior lineman also able to get uh, pressure on the quarterback, that that's such a bonus. We can't just rely on uh, outside linebackers to, to, to make those that pressure. And Keith has shown a, a way to get in there. Johnny as well. And um, they, they sometimes even do better on three-man rushes when they have, because they're smaller and, and more speed oriented. But I just think a year, a year or two more in the weight room, those guys are going to be really good football players. I'm encouraged. Yeah. All right. Your position, Jay, linebacker. Uh, yeah. Jake's been hurt. CJ Hart gets hurt after a great week one. Yeah. But as you said, I, Tariq Barnes has, has really stepped up in recent weeks. Yeah. So, so I think Jake is always solid. So let me just say, uh, you know, I, I think Jake, when he's healthy, is an A. I do. Um, I think overall, um, they've kind of had a lot of guys come in there. Uh, I got to give them a C plus. I don't think they've played as solid sometimes as the D line. They've had some issues. Um, Tariq and Tariq is going to be a good football player. I think he was a fine. I think, you know, Levy Smith's son found him in Memphis or something, you know, and, you know, I think he's a guy that I, I watch him play. He's got a lot of skill set. He's not overly big, but man, he, he, he does. I think Kalen Tolson on the inside can be a good player. He was at the outside last game because of injuries. Um, I, I feel like you're going to have some, along with CJ Hart, some guys next, next, next year that you feel really good about three guys in your inside backer position. Yeah. Um, they still got to get better at some of the point of attack stuff. Uh, they probably run better than they attack like smash mouth. And so you'll see them play better against spread teams. Yeah. You'll see them. And, and, you know, that's not uncommon ever since Brian Erlacher, you know, Brian Erlacher was a great player, but he wasn't the most overly physical player ever, but he was a great athlete, yeah. right? And so in the proliferation of the passing game, taking over football and NFL, he was a great fit for that, the Tampa 2 run-through, where, you know, Ray, I think Ray Lewis w- was more known as the physical thudder, you know, uh, in there. And uh, certainly not comparing any of those guys to, to those two, but um, it's just a difference. Sometimes a linebacker is really good, if you run right at him, that's what he wants. Sometimes he's really bad when you do that. And he's really better if he can play on the periphery and do, you know, play out in space. Uh, hopefully you find a guy that can do both, but usually those guys end up at Alabama. So uh, <laughs> that, that's the tricky part. Yeah. All right, Jay, let's get to the secondary. I think through the first uh, three weeks, we probably would have graded this an F, right? I mean, this, this was rough first three weeks, but the last four weeks, uh, they've they've really shown a lot of improvement as we've talked about. So overall season, how would you grade them? Yeah, I would say when they um, in man coverage, they've been an F or D at times, and then at in, in their zone coverage, they've been like a B. Yeah. So overall, I would say like they're 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 a C. 
Yeah. Um, Spoon's been hurt some games. I think he's been out two games. Um, Kirby Joseph's probably been the surprise defensively for me of the season. Uh, although I started to see flashes that on special teams. I mean, he'd always been a pretty solid special teamer. Um, so Kirby's been solid with his range. We saw his range, you know, last game. Sydney disappointed the first two or three games, then really took a step up the next two or three games. Um, I, I don't really count the Wisconsin game because they just had running backs bearing down on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spoon is the guy who brings different juice. We've talked about that. Uh, did anybody out there? And, and Adams has had his moments. Um, I think Quan Martin – is a, is a backup. Uh, he's not necessarily punching into the the, the starting lineup, but I, I just think what Ryan Walters said, they just play more comfortable, it seems like, when they're in zone yep. and they have eyes on the quarterback. And, and this is a trend we're seeing in college football where, you know, it used to be, well, we got to do man coverage. They can't throw in tight windows, these quarterbacks. And, you know, in the RPO, if we're in man coverage, we're, we're guarding the receiver anyway. So it doesn't matter if it's a run or a pass, you know, where – now we're seeing a lot more guys drop seven, drop eight guys and just say, okay, let's keep everything in front and rally to the football and make them nickel and dime us down the field and they're going to self-destruct. And so, you know, stuff ebbs and flows. And what I like about Ryan Walters is that he seems humble enough to really take advice from other people and, and change the course of what he maybe planned himself didn't work. He's definitely not stubborn, won't change yeah. it. Uh, special teams. Uh, we give it an A here because Blake A has been really good. And, and James DeCourt, all his misses, one's blocked J and three are from 50-plus yards. So it feels like right. they're pretty good. I mean, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if both those guys are starting an NFL team next year, right? Like, I mean, no question. You know, Blake had his moments in Wisconsin, been great, but usually he's really consistent. Mm-hmm. And even when he doesn't get a great punt, it looks like he gets a good bounce, and it's usually inside the 20, you know? So – I always look at the net punting stuff and his net punt is still crazy good. Um, you know, anything under over 42 net punt is pretty good at college, uh, 45 in the NFL. And I think he's up above that. So um, the coverage teams have been good. I think Ben Miller, who's a special teams coach has, has done a good job. Uh, I, I've almost been interested to say that 2017, which other than Jason Rita, we were pretty abysmal in the punt game and some of the special teams. Uh, and if we would have had these weapons, I, you know, they could have been the difference, yeah. you know, in some of those games. And so, um, certainly not Jason Reader though, because he was a phenomenal kicker and an all-time leading scorer. So, um, or was all-time leading scorer. But I, I really, I, I that's been a weapon for us. Um, I've heard the backup for Blake Hayes and the backup for McCord are, are actually pretty good too. So, um, hopefully, we can do that. I know Caleb Griffin, and I don't know the other. Hugh, Hugh Robinson, another Aussie, who's uh, more of our generation, Jay, than the okay. rest of the players on his team. 29 years old, I think, already. Oh. And uh, he's already had a job. He was a cop in Australia. So, um, all right, Jay, I, I'm putting you on the spot here. How would you grade coaching? Well, that's a great question, right? <laughs> um, so, I think there's head, we'll do head coach, offensive coordinator, and, and defensive coordinator. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll start with the head guy, um, Brett Bielema. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to give him a C. Uh, I think he would give himself a C. Uh, this guy's got really high expectations. I mean, he won, he went to Arkansas, who's playing the SEC West, and they played against like 14 straight ranked teams, and he took them in three straight bowl games. People say he didn't do great at Arkansas. I think he did really solid. 
considering what Arkansas has been and Arkansas has turned around lately. And what he did at Wisconsin was, was impressive. So, uh, I mean, he was on the verge of a hundred, his hundredth win. Uh, he is on the verge of his hundredth win as a, as a football coach. So he's got high expectations. Um, I think there's, you know, obviously the question we'll call it at Purdue probably cost us a game uh, with the fourth down. I don't question the one at Maryland. Um, but as far as, you know, assimilating a staff, uh, a guy that has a real presence in college football when he talks to people, uh, a guy that's relatable, a guy that can build a program, I think he's the guy. But if I'm judging them on these seven games, probably a C. Fair. Uh, Ryan Walters, uh, uh, that doesn't mean I don't think he's an A-plus hire for Illinois. It, to just verify that, just want to clarify that. Mm-hmm. I do think he was a great hire. I still think he's a great hire. But I'm talking about these seven games. Uh, I think Ryan Walters, he gets an A-minus. Uh, he really struggled. Um UTSA in Virginia, but from what he has back there to what we've seen the only one defense look like, it's a vast improvement. And uh, a credit of that goes to Brett Bielema because he largely recruited Walters and, you know, put a lot of the coaches on Walters staff for him, you know? So uh, I mean, Aaron Henry and uh, Jameson, uh, I can't remember Jameson's last name, the defensive line coach. Terrence Jameson, yeah. Terrence Jameson. Okay. Terrence Jameson. Those guys played at Wisconsin. Uh, Andy Boo coached at Wisconsin prior to it. Kevin Kane was at Wisconsin at, at point. So a lot of those guys, Walters didn't even bring guys from Missouri, you know? So he's got a good staff and Brett Beal when we do that. Um, you know, as far as coaching goes on the offense, I, I would give Tony Peterson a C. I'm not going to give him an F because of what he's, I know offense hasn't been great. Um, but I don't think his game plans other than last week's game plan have been horrible. Um, I, I question some of the decisions on what they do on third down, but at the same time, if you can't protect, you can't do anything again. It's it's in the words of Ron Zook and whether this is true or not, I'd rather be known as a bad coach with good players than a good good coach with bad players, um, whether that's true or not, right? And so these guys, all of them, I think are elite football coaches. I think Ryan Walters will be a head coach someday. I don't think Tony Peterson really has aspirations at this point in his career to be a head coach. He, he may, um, but you don't get this far without knowing how to coach football. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is when you get this far, you also coach against really good coaches, yep. right? And so – uh, same with the player, right? You don't get this far without being a good football player, but guess what? They're on scholarship too. So I, that's, that's why I would just, I would, I would grade my, and special teams, I'll, I'll give Ben Miller an A. I mean, A plus. I mean, I don't think we'd ask any more from, from special teams as well. All right, Jay. Great stuff, man. Um, that was great insight. And uh, we'll get back to, to breaking down the game as long as they're a little bit more competitive from here on out. But uh, it's a tough road, man, with, with two top 10 opponents left on the schedule, but three games you feel like you have a chance to win and that, and that's just where you feel a lot different if you just get one of those Maryland or Purdue games or get both of them right now right oh, yeah yeah and we feel like we say it every year like if we were let's just say four and three I'm not going to say five and two let's just say we're four and three you feel like in your mind dude we got waxed in Virginia Wisconsin but that was just two games you know we got a chance to go to a bowl and then we get the extra practices and all that stuff. So 
it's always woulda, coulda, shoulda, I know. But when you're an Illinois fan, you have to live in woulda, coulda, shouldas. You know, so yep. that's where we're at with it. I still feel really good about the direction of this football program. But I think Brett and the defensive and offensive coordinator know that their success is going to be determined on the athletes they can get here, whether that's the transfer portal, whether that's uh, JUCO, and, and whether that's high school athletes. And uh, that just doesn't happen overnight, but it's something they've got to really focus on. Great stuff as always, Jay. Uh, I'll catch up with you down the line, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Jay Lehman is the goods. So uh, even though Illinois football is not giving you fans what you wanted this year, uh, hopefully Jay is bringing uh, something to look forward to every week as he breaks everything down. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. That really helps us out as well. We'll get back to our VIP film breakdowns later in the year. I just honestly didn't think there was much to break down. Uh, Jay was ready to do it. I just didn't have the clips ready. I looked over the offense, some offensive line things, some some inaccuracy by Byron Tukowski, but I uh, just didn't feel like there was much there. So I, I'd much rather get his midseason report card, which ended up working out great. And I thought Jay uh, was very good breaking that all down. We have a lot of off-week content right now at Illini Inquire. I did my midseason report card. You can check that out. A little harsher than Jay in certain areas, though we lined up a lot uh, with the defensive side of the ball. It was a little harsher on the, on the offensive side of the ball. And coaching, we actually kind of aligned up uh, pretty well as well with our grade. I, I kind of gave the coaching uh, a C- minus so far. I think Ryan Walter's been very good. I think Brett Bielma game management has been an improvement uh, though he had a couple big decisions on fourth down that, that came back and haunt him yes third downs matter before that the plays that happened but uh, those decisions changed the win probability a lot and uh, it did for Illinois in, in two losses so I had to knock him there and then the offensive side of the ball I do think Tony Peterson is limited with what he can do uh, but certainly there has not been improvement on that side of the ball as the season has gone along so that, that is a concern there but um, we have plenty of recruiting going on as well on the site and you can check Check all that out. A lot of visitors over the weekend, and we will be on the road on Inquire checking out a lot of recruits this weekend. Uh, so sign up for VIP, and you get all the access to that. And basketball is heating up both on the court as Illinois has started practice and just a couple weeks away from games of a very highly anticipated season, yet again for Brad Underwood's crew, and recruiting really heating up. Five stars visiting Illinois basketball. That's a good sign. Uh, might have better... Uh, Better chances now, given the success they're having on the court. So Derek Piper has been all over that as well. So sign up for a VIP membership, just $1 for your first month. I think you will enjoy the access you get there and all the content you get there. Thank you for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. As always, give us a follow, uh, rating, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. <laughs>